Hey, I'm Sarah. And I'm Erin. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. So, really exciting news. Do you want to tell them, Erin? About our stickers? <laughs> yeah. They, I, I love our stickers. Our Oh Hello stickers have come in. They have arrived. I'm and excited. And they will be shipped out next week at some point. I um, just need to put together a little envelope for everyone that has donated. So, if you want a free sticker, donate some money to the Buy Me a Coffee or Venmo. We'll send you a free sticker, friends. It's our first merchandise. Yeah. Super exciting. And we're going to be working on some more merch. I'm very excited about that, too. too. Some Stay Spooky merch. I'm very excited. Um, So anyway, so today I thought we would um, uh, go back in time again. Because, you know, I couldn't stay away from a period piece horror show. Okay. Hey, I'm down with it. So I'll go back to international stuff eventually, but like, I just wanted to go back in time for a moment. I keep thinking of Um, Back to the Future when you say that, back in time, the Huey Lewis song. Yeah. Okay. No, no. (laughs) Um, This one's from 1911. 1911. Yep. And I think we're going to be discussing another story from this time period before the month is over, but I'm not quite sure yet. No, we are. I want to give more details. Um, and we're talking about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. It happened in Manhattan on March 25th of 1911. Okay, I'm Aaron knows nothing about I this, don't. by the way, friends. I don't. Um, and like the Radium Girls episode, this focuses on labor conditions at the time and the disastrous effects of these practices. So it's pretty much like how we got safe working conditions. Oh, Okay. In modern times. So the Triangle Waste Company occupied three floors, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of the Ash Building on the corner of Green and Washington Place. And this is Manhattan, so we're talking New York City, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, for those like myself completely unaware of where that is in Manhattan, uh, yeah. that's just east of Washington Square Park in Greenwich Village. Never been there, so. So it's like, I don't know, it's a, by a park. Mm-hmm. Apparently a pretty popular park i imagine don't know (laughs) Uh, max blank and isaac harris were the owners of the factory which produced women's blouses at the time known as shirt waists oh yeah okay so i figured like myself you didn't know what these were so i found a picture okay well that's kind of cute actually that's a shirt waist yeah that's kind of cute you can kind of see where they got that from like it's a shirt with a waist yeah (laughs) it's um we'll post a picture with it obviously Um, The factory had about 500 employees who were mostly Italian and Jewish immigrant women and girls. Because remember, at this time, there were no, like, child labor laws or anything like that. Uh, They would work nine hours a day on weekdays and seven hours on Saturdays. For these 52-hour work weeks, they would make between $7 and $12 a week. Hmm. Which, in today's money, is about two to $300 uh, per week. Gotcha. So... Pretty shitty (laughs) um, for the amount of work you're putting in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It was a sweatshop in every sense of the word. It was cramped spaces lined with workstations and packed with poor immigrant workers, mostly teenage girls who did not speak English. Mm -hmm. So they were also taken advantage of in many ways. Mm. Uh, Blank and Harris already had a suspicious history of factory fires. Oh. Yeah. 
So not uncommon at the time, which I'll talk about. Uh, their Diamond Waste Company factory burned twice in 1907 and in 1910. Mm, suspicious. It seems that Blank and Harris deliberately torched their workplaces before business hours in order to collect on the large fire insurance policies they purchased. Hmm. A not uncommon practice in the early 20th century. And that was just because they had to recoup the cost of production. And they could get away with it. Uh, while this was not the cause of the 1911 fire, allegedly, it contributed to the tragedy as Blank and Harris refused to install sprinkler systems <laughs> um, and take other safety measures in case they needed to burn down their shops again, of course. That's my theory. <laughs> right? Oh. It's a conspiracy theory. Like, they have, like, a legitimate... A fire marshal, like, gave a ruling on what actually started the fire, and we'll talk about that, but still. Um, these assholes get even worse when the International Ladies Garment U Workers Union led a strike in 1909 demanding higher pay and shorter and more predictable hours. Blank and Harris's company was one of the few manufacturers who resisted. Mm. Hiring police as thugs to imprison the striking women and paying off politicians. <laughs> you know, real chill shit. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Around 4.40 p.m. on March 25th, around the time the workday would have been ending, which is actually the worst part, um, a fire flared up in a bin under a table on the 8th floor. Around 4.45 p.m., a passerby saw smoke coming from the 8th floor and sent up a fire alarm to the fire department. Both mm -hmm. Blank and Harris were at the factory at the time with their children. <laughs> A bookkeeper on the 8th floor was able to warn the 10th floor by telephone, but no alarm sounded inside of the building, and thus the 9th floor had no way to communicate oh, at no. all. Although there were a number of exits, flames prevented anyone from going down the stairwell. There were mm. two staircases. And even if they had been able to get down this one particular staircase, the door was locked to prevent theft by workers, which allowed the owners to be able to check the ladies' handbags. <laughs> Which, by the way, was illegal at the time. Hopefully that just didn't just ruin audio since Gus just messed up the <gasps> mic. I, I really can't deal with you. Um, go. Um, sorry, Gus is literally destroying everything in the room. Um, hopefully that didn't blow out everyone's ears, everything clanging. Um... Although there were a number of exits, uh, they couldn't get out the stairs. Um, the foreman would have had the key to these exit doors. However, he was he had already escaped via another route and didn't bother to unlock the doors. Well, that was nice of him. Yep, just douchebaggery all around. <laughs> Many employees were able to escape via the Green Street stairway, which was on the other side. Um, to the roof, so they went up instead of down, and then they would jump to the adjoining building roof. And get down oh. that way. The other staircase trapped women inside who quickly were taken up in the flames and smoke. Huh. Within three minutes, the Green Street stairway became unstable and completely collapsed. Employees hoping to escape crowded onto the exterior fire escape. Right? You're like, great, there's an exterior fire escape. People can get out. Nope. Uh, the only one the building had at the time... And the only one that city officials allowed the building to erect in lieu of a third staircase. So normally you would have three staircases and a fire escape. They had two staircases and one fire escape. 
These structure the these this structure particularly was flimsy and anchored poorly to the wall. It was made of iron that was more than likely broken prior to the fire. Quickly it twisted and collapsed from the heat, having been overloaded with people. It threw 20 victims nearly 100 feet to their deaths on the pavement below. Everyone else just waited until the smoke and fire took them over. The fire department came quickly. However, they couldn't stop the fire. Their ladders only reached to the seventh floor, and they were on the eighth, ninth, and tenth floors. Nice. Their hoses were blocked. This is pretty horribly. By the falling bodies as women jumped to escape Uh. the flames. These women had been trapped on the eighth floor. The fire department was not prepared with adequate equipment to catch these women. The nets Uh wouldn't support that many women jumping at that particular time. Now you're thinking, 1911, there's got to be elevators, right? There were. There were two elevators. The elevator operators, Joseph Zito and Gaspar Mortolero took three trips with passengers from the ninth floor. Eventually, the rails on Mortolero's elevator buckled under the heat. Desperate, some of the women pried open the elevator doors and jumped into the empty shaft or slid down the cables, but eventually they all landed on the top of the elevator car. Mm. The weight and crashing down of the bodies made it impossible for the other car to make a trip. The fire was out in 30 minutes after taking 146 people with it, 123 women and 23 men. Wow. Yeah, pretty horrible. All raging from, I believe, 7 to 43. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire marshal would conclude that the likely cause of the fire was throwing away an unextinguished match or cigarette in a bin. <laughs> this bin had two months' worth of cuttings by the time of the fire, so essentially a hazardous situation to begin with. Mm. Now, two months worth of cuttings would have not been kosher with like factory standards to begin with. And then you're like, wait a second. Um, why is someone throwing a cigarette into a bin? Um, it's because they would, they would hide it in their lapel and like exhale it that way. Oh my God. Um, some believe that the fire could have started because the engines overheated that ran the sewing machines. Uh, the only thing surrounding this bin that was not super fucking flammable was the steel trim on the fabrics that were being held up. Um, not even at this time. Um, now, even at this time, smoking was banned inside, so some of the cutters would sneak cigs by, like, exhaling through their lapels and then inhaling through the other side of their mm-hmm. lapel. Um And I don't know how subtle that was or if people just really didn't give a shit. Like, at all. Like, I mean, your lapels are, like, right there and you're just like... (sighs) Like, what are you... Like, what are you doing, bro? That's pretty obvious. Another theory theory was that certain sectors of the garment industry would need to profit off of fashion that had fallen out of style or they had had too much of it. And so when they couldn't sell it all off, they would burn the place down to collect the insurance money. Mm. Um, which again, Blank and Harris pretty much had done before with their previous company. Um, hmm. at the time shirt waist had fallen out of fashion and the insurance for manufacturers was fairly saturated. So you would have had like a high, like, like a high loss at the time. 
Um, even with all this, Blank and Harris were not suspected of arson, <laughs> which I think is just suspicious. Most victims died of burns, asphyxiation, blunt impact injuries from falling, or a combination of the three. It's pretty horrific. Oh, wow. The first person to jump was a man, and another man was seen kissing a young woman at the window before they both jumped to their deaths. Oh, so sad. Pretty sad. Bodies of the victims were taken to Charity's Pier, which is also called Misery Lane, which I don't <laughs> like, um, which is at the 26th Street, um, and it's on the East River, um, for identification by friends and relatives. The owners, Blank and Harris, were indicted on charges of first and second degree manslaughter. Uh-huh. So not like, you know... Horrible work conditions, because that didn't exist. Right. Um, and the trial began December of that year. Blank and Harris were acquitted. Uh, of course. And then given $60,000 from the insurance company, oh. which comes out to about $400 per uh, person lost. Lovely. Which is just horrifying. Uh, two years later, Blank would be arrested for locking factory doors during working hours. And guess what happened to him? Hmm. He was fined a whopping $20. Wow. This fire, like many other factory accidents and incidents, would lead to legislation that would push for safer work environments, livable wages, and other what we consider now to be basic work conditions. Right. So that, my friends, is the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. It's fucking wild, right? It it just really sucks that stuff like that had to happen in order for... The right thing to be done. Isn't that when the Titanic went down too? 1912. 1912. So around the same time yeah. the Titanic went down, we've got people think burned think alive in the fact in factory fires. Mm-hmm. That's pretty horrific. Yeah. Pretty horrific, friends. But mm-hmm. there's another example of why we need to have, you know, safer work conditions for people. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's late at night. It's very late at night. <laughs> um, yes. But what we want you to do is follow us on all the social media. We want you to send us an email at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. We want you to please donate to the buy me a coffee or the Venmo, which is also linked in the show notes so that you can get yourself a free sticker that I pretty much tossed everywhere when I tossed Gus they're, off of the yeah, desk. They're everywhere. Um, so with that, my friends, just make sure to... Stay spooky. Bye.